Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Night. How you doing tonight, bro? Man, I'm so good. Thanks for having me, bro. Man, I'm excited that you are on here. I think it was a couple months ago, maybe like six months ago, a really one of my best friends in real life came up to me at church and said, dude, have you heard of Shane Winnings? You got to check him out on TikTok. He, look at his sermons. He's preaching his fire. And I went on your thing and I saw that you were following me. So I was like, this guy's following me. I'm going to follow him back. I started watching your videos, bro. I love what God is doing with you. I knew it was just a matter of time that we lined up and crossed paths. And so I want to say, bro, I honor you. I appreciate you. You're definitely, you won't say this, so I'm going to say it for you, but you're definitely one of those fire brands. You're one of those digital revivalists that God is organically raising up right now for such a time as this. I We'll talk about some of it later, but I know you're casting out demons. You're healing the sick. When I saw some of your videos of you casting out demons, I said, thank you, Lord. There's more people doing it. We need more labor. So, bro, I appreciate you. Feel free to intro yourself. And then I would love for you to just share your testimony, take your time, talk about what God's done in your life and how you got to where you are. I think people see you on TikTok and they see this massive audience, but they don't know your story. They don't know how you got here. TikTok only gives you max three minutes. So you got more than three minutes tonight. So feel free, man, to share your testimony and what God's done in your life. Dude, thanks so much, man. It's weird hearing myself intro. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'll just start with my testimony and I'll kind of cover it all. So... I grew up in the church, you know, for 25 years, I would have told you that I was a Christian. Why? Because when I was seven years old, I heard the gospel, I believed it, and I prayed a prayer so that I wouldn't go to hell and I'd go to heaven when I died. You know, I believed the preacher, I believed Jesus died on the cross, everything that I was told. But you see, the thing is that it it seemed like I was being saved so that I could go to heaven. And so what happens is, I'm living my life, I'm in church, I'm honoring my parents, I'm a good student, all this stuff. And the first weekend that I'm in college, I get invited to a drinking party and I'm there. Why? Because that sounded like a lot more fun. Like it it wasn't even a struggle for me. It wasn't like I had to go pray about it and I'm like, God, deliver me, you know, from this temptation. I did not have a relationship with God. I didn't get saved like to become a Christian and be walking in the fullness. I didn't know any of that stuff. I thought it was about going to heaven when you die and trying to do the best you can every day until that point. And so what happened was I started living this compromising life. I wouldn't even call it a double life because I really wasn't even a Christian. You know, like I said, I prayed a prayer once to go to heaven and then I attended church faithfully every Sunday. And that was about it. I didn't read my Bible. I only prayed if, if I needed something or, you know, if I remembered to pray for a meal or if something good happened. And I didn't do this stuff maliciously. I just, no one was teaching about why we're Christians. No one was saying, why do you wake up in the morning? They were saying, man, look, you know, sometimes we have a rough time. Here's how to have a better day. Here's how to steward your finances. And, and it, it became this like Tony Robbins, Jesus incorporated gospel that I was hearing and it didn't bring me any life. And so what happens is I started to find life in the world. I was looking like everybody. I was sounding like the world. I talk like the world. I watch what the world watch. I listen to what the world listened to, but Hey, praise God. I prayed the prayer, you know, I'm going to heaven. That was my truth. And so for seven years, 
after I graduated high school, I lived that way. You know, I, I went through um, the ROTC program at a full ride to college, joined the military. I was with the Special Forces Unit in the Army, went to Afghanistan in 2014. And, you know, I'm, I'm going through trauma. Soldiers are dying. Soldiers are killing themselves. I'm partying. I'm sleeping around. I'm trying to drink myself to sleep because of what I'm dealing with. And at the same time, I'm drumming at a mega church for thousands of people every weekend. And the reason that it wasn't that weird to me is because everyone around me was doing the same stuff. But, you know, the Bible says when you compare yourself among yourself, you're in a big, big world of you know trouble. And I didn't realize that because I'm thinking, well, I grew up being pretty grayed out by the churches that I went to, not being rude. I'm just saying, like, I never got fed meat. And so now my, I have worship leaders, I have pastors, I have people in the church that are doing the same stuff I'm doing. So I don't see it as wrong. I just figured everyone is doing this. This is normal. And, you know, I, when I came back from Afghanistan, things were really bad because a buddy of mine, one of my best friends, we made it home from the most dangerous place in the country at the time. And then he dies in a car accident in New Jersey. And so, like, I'm really not doing okay. Now I'm not just partying to, like, have a good time. I'm partying to, like, try to fill this void that I have. I'm still drumming at the church. I'm still, you know, doing all of these things for the Lord. But I reached a place where I wanted to be dead. Like, there was a day I remember flying home from his, um, from his funeral, and I was just like, I don't even care if this plane goes down. I didn't care about me. I didn't care about anyone on the plane. I was just like, dude, my life is nothing. But you know what? The, the Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 15, that we need to be ready to give a defense for the hope that's inside of us. So it's like implied that a Christian is going to have a hope that people ask about. For 25 years, I would have told you I was a Christian. But you know what people asked about? They said, how did you get to be a drummer at this mega church? How did you get to be such a successful army officer? You know, I had a five-bedroom house, a car, a Jeep Wrangler, a motorcycle, a dog, money in the bank. They asked me about those things. No, no one ever asked me about a hope that's inside of me. You see, I had all of this stuff that I could buy. I had a successful career. You know, I had generals telling me, man, you're going to be here one day. Like, that's what I wanted. I wanted to climb the ranks. And now I find myself having everything I could want, and I want to be dead. And so I remember this one night, this girl uh, from my church, she's like, hey, do you want to go to dinner? And I'm like, sure, you know, okay. And we get to this dinner, bro. It's BJ's Brew House. I'll never forget this. We're sitting down at BJ's and I'm like ordering, I'm about to order some food. And she goes, hey, Shane. And I like look up from the menu. And she's like, I know who you are. She's like, you are a hypocrite. And I don't think that you're saved. You think you're this awesome Christian guy, this paratrooper, this drummer. You're not. You are not awesome. And I was like, uh, <laughs> like I'm like, are we still going to eat? Like, what happens now? You know, this is so awkward. And uh, she began to tell me the gospel, bro, for like two hours. Like, tell me why Jesus came because I have value and he wanted to put his life inside of me. And she began to call things out of my life. And then bro, she said something that wrecked me. I'll never forget this. I'm sitting there and she says, Shane, I have seen a tumor shrink under my hand in the name of Jesus Christ. And when she said that my heart 
exploded because I always knew there was more to Christianity than praying a prayer to go to heaven and waking up and trying not to sin. And when she said that, my heart exploded and this light came down out of the ceiling that was not there and like shone into my chest. I felt the presence of God like overtake me. And I said, I have to leave. And I went home and I sat on my bed. I opened my Bible and I said, Jesus, I don't even know how to read this thing. I don't even know what to do. All I know is that I have never lived for you. And tonight I'm giving you my life. And I've never been the same since. Bro. That was five and a half years ago. And so to get you sped up to where I'm at now, I decided to leave the military because God told me to. And I became a cop south of Seattle at like the worst time ever to be a cop because it was just it was not a good time. 2016 was not the year to join police work. It'd be like joining right now. Um, it was rough, but God told me to do it. And while I'm like going through the police academy, I don't have anyone discipling me really. You know, my, one of my best friends, Jacob Coyne, he's like walking me through all this stuff, but I didn't have really pastors that were helping me with this stuff. And so I'm getting discipled by the Holy Spirit and my Dan Moeller on YouTube. And so I'm like reading the book of John, reading Acts. And I'm like, oh my gosh, man, Jesus taught these guys to do all this stuff. I'm going to do this. And so I started praying for the sick in grocery stores and standing up on tables and restaurants and preaching because my heart came alive because I figured out why I was alive. Like I didn't want to be dead anymore. And I knew I'd been set free from alcoholism, from partying, from fornication, man, from pornography, all of that stuff. It just broke off without anyone telling me to stop doing it. Like my heart changed. And then I started to see miracles and more miracles. And it has been incredible since then. I mean, I would pray for people in my cop car. I would fight people at work. And then like, you know, I would fight people who didn't want to go to jail. And then I'd end up praying for them on the way to jail and people getting born again in the cop car. And so speed up to 2020, COVID hits. And I see one of my friends taking off on TikTok. And I'm like, TikTok, like what in the world? And he gained like 20,000 followers in a month. And I'm like, dude, I've been preaching like every day on Facebook Live to like my one friend and my mom who get online, you know, like no one's watching, no one's listening. And I feel like a voice crying out in the wilderness, like I'm preaching at gas stations and I'm preaching on Facebook Live to two people. So I'm like 20K, like, let's go. And I started preaching on TikTok and man, it, I did not think that preaching the real gospel would have the effect it had, but I should have known because that's what happened in the Bible. Thousands were added, thousands were added. And my goal was to get 1,000 followers on TikTok because then you could go live. And I wanted to do a live church service every week where we just preached and prayed for the sick. That's it. And man, you know what? We're a little over a year later. And like you said, over 700K, I can't believe it. Um, it prompted me to start planning a nationwide gospel tour because, you know, I want to fill up stadiums one day because I love what Billy Graham did. But man, imagine those stadiums filled, seeing signs and wonders, Come mass on. deliverance in a baseball stadium, like mass healing. This is my heart. And so I'm thinking, man, I'll start small. I'll start in parks and fields and, and, and we'll just gather people under the trees and we'll see what happens. And so we did it, man. We went across the country and, and we saw incredible things. But through that process and to kind of wrap up my testimony, as I'm preaching on TikTok, this guy named Brian Barcelona reaches out to me 
And he's like, hey, man, I'm with the Jesus Clubs, you know, and I saw they were like a collaboration. And uh, he's like, we love your stuff. We want you to start posting. So I started posting on the Jesus Clubs. And then a few months later, they had a retreat out in Dallas just for all the, the social media influencers. And I went out there. And what's funny, I was in a prayer meeting right before that. And someone asked me, they're like, would you ever be a missionary? And I like laughed, you know, I was like, I was like, no, I'd never be a missionary. I had a six-year plan that my wife and I were going to pay our house off. We're doing the Dave Ramsey thing. We were going to sell our house, move to Florida where I'm from, and buy like a nice house in cash, have no debt, and start our ministry. That was our plan. And I said, Lord, this is our plan. Yeah. I said, this is our plan until you tell me otherwise. Well, I go to this retreat, and Brian asked me, you know, to consider joining one voice. And on the flight home, the Lord speaks to me and says, you have to do this. And I'm like, okay, like, I, I just started weeping as soon as the Lord spoke. And I was like, well, when do I have to do it? And he said, you'll never work another day as a cop. And so wow. I went home, I put my four weeks of vacation time in Jessica and I sold our house, I quit my job. And 19 days after God spoke to me, we were in Texas as unpaid missionaries, totally a faith move, but God has just absolutely blessed. She was pregnant at the time too. She was three, pre three months pregnant. Um, so, you know, I'm flying home from this retreat telling my pregnant wife, Hey, <laughs> six year plan out the window. I need you to pray, but I think God's telling us to give everything up and move to Dallas, Texas. And, uh, yeah, the rest is history, man. Here we are. And now I'm talking to you. So I don't even Incredible. know what my life is anymore. Incredible, bro. I love it. You know, I feel like that's what God is doing with so many people is telling them to come out of this normal, nominal. And for so many people watching this, and you don't know this, but I'm reading the chat. You you probably can't see the chat. Well, you can't see the chat I'm seeing, but so many people are saying, this is my story. And this is really the travesty wow. and the tragedy of America is that church after church after church is preaching a powerless nominal live like everybody else gospel and then add a little bit of jesus as like salt on your the flavor of your life or like a mascot or some type of like genie rub the bible he comes out and gives you what you want and god is right. calling people to radical surrender and i know there's people listening right now where the lord has spoke to them give up this job give up this relationship give up this girlfriend give up this boyfriend give up this career and so often we choose the path of comfort instead of the path of stepping out of the boat and trusting the Lord. And for, for your story, similar to me is like, man, I had my, but I was an atheist though. I had my whole life planned. Like this was huh. my plan. My plan was to be a law enforcement officer and to buy this house and to do this. And the Lord radically rocked me and said, that's your plan, but it's not my plan. And I believe tonight, many of you wow. watching have been living out your calling, have been living out your plan, have been living out your assignment. The Bible says there's a way that seems right unto men, but that way leads to death. And God has a plan for you. There's more than this nominal Christian life. There's more Amen. than just the Sunday to Sunday. I really believe that we're in a time of revival, a time of awakening that tonight, God wants to wake some of you up. That tonight, some of you are in that going through the motions, that dead church, that, you know, kind of just living your life the same as everybody else, but adding Jesus. And God is calling you to this supernatural life. And 
it's uncomfortable, but it's amazing when you jump in the river and you lose control. And then it's like, you just said, you're like, I don't even know, what am I doing here? How did I get here? How did I become a preacher? You know, you just did 44, I believe if I'm if I'm right, 44 yeah. cities traveling and preaching. Talk to us a little bit about what that was like. Some of the miracles you saw, the deliverance. I know you were casting out demons. I know you're healing the sick. I watched some of your videos, but how was the response of people coming out? Um, talk about the hunger that you saw and just kind of what God did in you. That's brought, Bottom line is that's incredibly um, a huge accomplishment, but I know it's crazy busy to do that. Like that's a huge sacrifice to go yeah. do something like that. Man, thank you. Yeah, you know what? I remember um, I would I would always go to like malls and parks. Basically, the tour is what I do in my hometown when none of y'all are looking. Like mm. before I had a platform, I did this for five years. And that's not a bragging thing. That's just saying like, hey, it ain't about a platform. I Come just on, turned bro. my camera on one day. You know, like I've seen thousands of people healed. I didn't have a camera guy and it wasn't the best time to pop my camera out and get a video. You know, I'm too busy, like loving on people. And I think we, we don't value that enough. And so one day I'm sitting at my kitchen table and I'm planning this countywide revival. I don't, I'm not going to get a tent. I don't have that kind of money. I'm like, look, we'll just, we'll just see who wants to gather. And I start planning this revival and the Lord speaks to me and he's like, I thought you wanted to do a nationwide revival. And I was like, well, I do. And he's like, well, no one's going to ask you to do it. Like, you Come just on, have to bro. do it. Preach that. Preach and I'm that. like, oh, my gosh. You know, when the Lord speaks, like, if you say yes enough times to God, you get stuck where the thought of saying no makes you sick on, and you bro. feel like you'd be miserable. So, like, I got myself stuck. I want to be stuck, but like that comes with, you know, saying yes to God every time. And so I know myself and I'm like, dude, I will talk myself out of this if I don't move immediately. So I didn't even tell Jessica and I made this TikTok like right at the kitchen table. And I was like, we're going across the whole <laughs> nation on. next summer. And she's like, we're doing what? <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, God spoke to me. And so in faith, we just I hey no i think we need like a thousand dollars a city or something like that i didn't even you know I, I was like that might even be lowballing it but we just started raising money and we picked all the major cities we possibly could i only had a hundred thousand followers on tiktok but by the time i started the tour i think we were around 500k and i just wanted to see who we can get from social media i didn't pay for advertising i didn't have any billboards it was all word of mouth and we started meeting at parks and beaches and and like fields and stuff like that. And it was incredible. I mean, you know, in San Francisco, we only had five people and it was windy and it was freezing. We're outside, but we cast it. We, we saw our first deliverance there. Come on. And my bro. wife, it, it started when my wife started praying and all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're just praying for people like normal. And then these demons start manifesting. And I'm like, I haven't seen that since I was in Asia, you know, like five years ago. Um, and so the next meeting we had was in LA, which was, you know, a good amount of people because we were with uh, Apostle Catherine Crick. And I'm like, can you just pray for us? Because I feel a need for deliverance and you're walking in it. And and I need you to pray for me and my wife. And she prayed for us. And man, it, it started popping off. And then I had Mike pray for us when we were in New York. And deliverance just became a regular thing. Mike Signorelli, who I was talking about. Um, man, we saw people getting out of wheelchairs. We had a girl just send us, um, she wants to send us the doctor report. She had a seizure activity in her brain that put her in a wheelchair. 
and she just got another EEG after being prayed for. At the meeting, she got out of the wheelchair and danced while her grandma pushed it out. She got her EEG back and they said, we can't find any seizure activity in your brain anymore. Um, she hadn't been able to drive because legally because of these issues. Now she can. We had blind people getting healed. We had a deaf seven-year-old get healed. We had a girl pulling her hearing aids out, leave the Come meeting on. with them in her pocket. You know, so many demons cast out. And it's just from the little meetings in these humble places. We're meeting at some park in a city. It's totally free. There's no sign. There's no worship team. There's no lights. Like there was a time when we're casting demons out and there were no park lights. So it's just pitch black. But I saw the hunger of people across America. See, and in I America, knew that like, in America. Exactly. Like, dude, I love other countries. I've been to mission trips in other countries. But man, a mission trip is cool. But like, do you love your neighbor? Come like on. you could you could fly to Asia and, and, and preach to some seven year old kid in a village. But like, will you talk to your grocer? Will you talk to the, the waitress at your restaurant? If you won't, that's really weird. And so I'm like, let's heal this country because I think about it like on a plane. When the mask comes down, they tell parents, you put yours on first and then mm. you put it on your kid. I think, think a lot of times we think about like, you know, mission trips as we got to get out there and save the world. But our country needs some help right now. And, and I'm so glad to be a missionary for America. You know, I fought for this country. I defended the rights of this country as a cop. I certainly will evangelize to this country. So good, bro. You know, I've been for the last 10 years, the same thing. I have not left America. I've been to the Philippines a few times. That's it. And people are like, why don't you go here? Why don't you go there? And I really believe America can be saved and America will be saved. And I'm telling Man. you, America needs revival. You have missionaries from yes. other countries coming here because the American <laughs> church is on life support. The American church is sound asleep in the greatest hour of human history. And I love what you said is like, no one's going to wait to to invite you. You have to get up and do it. And there's many of you watching, almost 3,000 of you right now watching in the chat. And I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to do something for God. Like I tell people all the time, if you have a hand, you can lay hands on the sick. If you have a bathtub, you can baptize people. If you have a kitchen table, you can make disciples. If you have a mouth, you can cast out demons. Like God makes Amen. it so simple. And for many of us, and I'm preaching to myself, y'all, and I'm convicted as well tonight, is we make excuses instead of disciples. And we, we convince ourselves why God can't use us. We convince ourselves what? Mm -hmm. I'm too busy to pray for the sick. I'm too busy to go out. Yet yeah, we'll spend hours. Like, I know tons of people that will spend hours on Netflix. And then they say, well, I just don't have time to pray. I just don't have time. And they're on the, the office season nine and the third time they've watched it. And they're just like, I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to read. I believe, bro, on judgment day, our phones will testify against us when we say, I didn't have time wow. to pray. And the Lord says, let's ask iPhone, you know, 14 uh, to take stand. And the iPhone says, you did have time to pray. You had time for Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and Hulu and all the stuff we're distracted by. And I believe this is one of the things that's robbing us of spiritual hunger. That's robbing Amen. us of supernatural encounter is all of these vices, all of these things in America. When God is saying, I want you to do something for my kingdom. And, and God makes it so easy. One of the ways I've been challenging people, I want you to talk about is getting on TikTok. I know there's tons of people watching, bro, they have full-time jobs. Maybe they're stay-at-home moms. Maybe they have 12 hour a day work. Maybe they have kids. I get it. I know it's busy and they just say, well, that's good for you guys, but I can't be used of God. I would say, 
TikTok is one of the first times ever where you can literally make an account, start preaching, and the algorithm will put your content in front of brand new people for you. Like, it is the easiest. Imagine the Apostle Paul. Like, right now, it is the easiest time ever in human history to preach the gospel. And you can be a stay-at-home mom, and we're being very practical tonight. You can be a construction worker. You can be a police officer. You can be a barista at Starbucks. You can be a business owner, a lawyer. You could be anybody, and you can make a TikTok, and within 10 minutes, be preaching the gospel to potentially, well, I know there's several billion users a month because I'm a nerd, but to potentially millions of people and be and be nobody and be nobody in the world eyes of the church and wait for some invite and then just go viral and preach the gospel. And so for me, I'm just, I have a hard time finding excuses. I have a hard time. I, it should be hard for us to find excuses as to why we can't do what God's called us to do. There's tons of people that need deliverance. You can get on Zoom to, you can get on Zoom and start doing deliverance on people. There's tons of people that need help. And so talk to us a little bit about that, about the journey you've had on TikTok posting. And I, I know you've challenged people. I know you guys have a, a group that are um, like a community, the Jesus Clubs, where you're preaching yeah. to people. But I really believe it's a great platform right now to utilize. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Like I said, the growth is what is what drew me to it. Cause I'm like, you could get 20,000 followers in a month. Um, that's insane. And so I'm like, okay, so I just got on there and I started making 60 second, 30 second videos, just preaching. And there's always time. I mean, you know, wake up early, go to bed 30 minutes late. Um, you know, I was a night shift cop working full time you know i was a competing power lifter so i'd spend two to three hours a day in the gym um you know i'm married so i'm spending time with my wife but i would tell her i said listen i really think this is worth it and i need to set aside like 30 45 minutes a day to make my videos i just feel like god is going to use this and i almost want to cry saying that now because i just remember the beginning where i just felt so strongly to do this and my whole life has changed because I started preaching on some app where people shake their butts. Like that's what yeah. it's for. Yeah. And so I, I just, I made time. Like I cut out things that I would have rather done at the time to do this. And here's the thing that's convicting to me. At any moment I can get on TikTok, I can go live and I can preach for 10 minutes and someone will give their life to Jesus Christ. Come on, bro. So it's not a matter of like, is there anyone to get saved? It's, am I willing? Wow. Like the other night I, I, I got on live. They have this new feature where you can um, just invite random people to join your live. And so there was this kid on there with like 2000 people watching him, like a big live stream. So I asked him to join. He joined. And so I was so stoked and he's this influencer. And I was just like, Hey man, you know, I'm just on here praying for people. How are you? And he was like, bro, I'm not doing good. Like I could use prayer. So he, long story short, he asked for me to pray for him to feel better. And I said, bro, that's not going to help you. I said, you need peace in your heart. And when's the last time you had that? When's the last time your mind was just clear and you had joy that didn't, that wasn't circumstantial. And I just began to kind of feed the gospel to him. And 10 minutes later, this kid is accepting Jesus Christ in front of all of his followers. Just like I'm leading him in this prayer because. Because truth hit his heart and he realized, man, I, I don't have anything because I shared my testimony. I said, bro, I've had the cars, the money, the girls, the alcohol, all of it. And I wanted to be dead. And he connected with that. And I gave him life 
and he chose. So it's like, it's always there for you if you're willing to make time. So it's mm. like, then what is it about? You know, is it really about seeing people come to Jesus or do we just want to make sure we're preaching to a bunch of people? Is it about a platform or is it about someone getting transformed? And when that conviction hit me, you couldn't keep me off of that app. You couldn't keep my mouth shut because I don't see these numbers. I don't see 700,000 followers. Like I've preached at a meeting with five people. I know I think about those people that I looked in the eyes and I prayed for and when I see 700,000, I'm imagining 700,000 actual people. It's not just a number. And so I'm like, dude, we just need to catch God's heart. And right now, God is using social media. Come on. So why would you not? Like, why would you not use what God is using? So good. And I know people are like, I don't like the app. I, I could not stand TikTok. I didn't want to make a TikTok. I was, everyone's like, you need to make a TikTok. I still to this day, my brother posts all my stuff on TikTok, but I realized there's billions of people that need to be reached. And so I have to put my preference on the back burner, even though I don't want to be on TikTok. I don't even want to be live streaming. To be honest, I told God in 2019 <laughs> when he told me to live stream in 2020, I was like, I don't want to do this for four, almost four months. I fought God, argued God, and this is how it turned out. Now I've been live for two years here, stream for over 300 hours this year. But you have to wow. understand, guys, don't get on here and start commenting, oh, I don't like TikTok, I don't like social media, but then never do anything else for God. Never go pray for people, never go witness. What we're saying is there's so many vehicles that you can use, and Shane's not only using TikTok, he just said he did 44 city tour. He's out in the park. He's out in the theater. He's out in churches preaching. He's out sharing with people at the grocery store. He's out on YouTube, all these other platforms. The point is this guys, reaching people with the gospel. Do the numbers matter? Absolutely they matter. And here's why they matter. Because yeah. your unsaved kid is in that number. Your unsaved family member is in that number. Your unsaved loved yeah. one is in that number. And if your kids are on TikTok, you should be excited. You should be like, I want to invest in these guys. I want to be a part of what they're doing because they're reaching my kids. And the next generation, guys, is dying because we are failing to reach them with modern technology. So we need to adapt, we need to grow, and we need to obey the voice of God. I promise you guys in the chat, I would not be online right now if it wasn't for the Lord convincing me, speaking to me, and telling me I needed to do this. So there is a revival happening, there's a hunger right now. And here's one thing, man, like, People are hungry for the genuine yes. word of God. People are hungry for deliverance. They're hungry. Like pastors have lied. And I could say this because it's my broadcast have lied for so long. <laughs> they've given people a watered down sugar coated gospel for so long. The Bible says there will be a famine, not of bread, which is the word, not of water, which is the spirit, but of the words of God, of God speaking. There's going to be a time where <laughs> people can't find the word of the Lord. People can't find a church where they cast out demons. People can't find a church where they heal the sick. People can't find a church where they raise the dead and we're living in a great famine. And I know pastors say, we need to feed the people in Africa and, and praise the Lord, we do feed the people in India. But what about the people in the church in the pew starving? What about the people right. that fill our churches on Sunday morning starving saying, would somebody preach me the word of God? Would somebody tell me about repentance? Would somebody tell me that hell is real? Would somebody tell me I can get delivered instead of pastors recommending medication, pastors driving out demons people are starving for the word of yeah. god and so when you preach the word 
When you preach with this, people are going to flock to it. People are going to show up. We've been having, like you've been seeing so many people showing up. We've been having several thousand come to our meetings and people say, how come 3,000 came or how come 2,000? Because people are starving. People say, why do you talk so much oh, about hungry. deliverance? Because you don't talk about it, pastor. The reason why I'm preaching on it is because you're not preaching on it and we have to feed the starving people. And I just want to prophesy over yeah. somebody in the chat that God is raising you up to preach the unfiltered, unadulterated, powerful word of God, the gospel unto salvation. There is power in it and God wants to use you as a voice, but you got to be intentional. You have to understand that your flesh doesn't want to do spiritual things. Galatians 5.17 says the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is what the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us the desires that are opposite of our sinful nature. And here's what the Bible says in Galatians 5. These forces are constantly fighting each other so that you're not free to carry out your good intentions. So understand that there is a battle, friend. There is a war going on and your flesh doesn't want you to be hungry for God. It doesn't want you to pray. It doesn't want you to read. And so often we give into the flesh instead of giving into the spirit and you'll never live a life fully surrender to God if you give into the flesh. You'll never live a life fully surrendered to God if you don't understand there is a war, there's a battle, and the one that wins the war, listen to me, chat, the one that wins the war is the one that gets fed the most. So don't be shocked right. when you're feeding your flesh Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, whatever it is, work, school, job, career, relationship, and then you give your spirit a 15 or 30 minute sermon on Sunday morning and the only scripture you get is from a keynote on a board that your pastor gives you and then all week long we starve our spirit and then we're like Shane Isaiah I don't know why I'm so weak I don't know why I don't want to pray I don't know why I don't want to read I don't know why my flesh is always ruling me running me governing me driving me and my spirit feels so weak because the thing is, friend, you're not feeding it and they're at war and the only one yes. that wins is the one that gets fed the most. So I want to challenge some of you guys to be intentional, to stop eating junk food. The devil wants to give you junk food. And I'm not, listen, I'm not the guy to get health advice for, but I do have family that eat healthy and they always <laughs> tell me like, if you stop eating junk food, you'll stop craving junk food. Like I have family that I'm like, I know that salad doesn't taste good. I know that kale doesn't taste good. Like I have zero desire to eat salad or kale, but they're like, no, it really does. The reason why it doesn't taste good to you is because you're used to eating Jack in the box. You're used to eating junk food. So because you, all you eat is junk food, your body craves junk food. But when you eat healthy things, your body starts, eat, starts craving healthy things. And I believe this, Shane, we have sat at so long so we have sat for so long at the world's table. We've been filled with the junk food that demons offer us instead of dining at the king's table that we don't know what true pleasure is. We don't know what true re right. what, what true hunger is. We don't know what true satisfaction is. You know, the Bible says that God gives eternal pleasure. Like God is the one that invented pleasure. So if you're in the chat, you're like, God's boring. No, you're boring. You're the issue. God is exciting. God is fun. And God is the designer of pleasure. But I believe so many people in the chat, so many of us, we're just junk food all day long. And when we start eating the word of God, we start eating fasting, we start eating prayer, then we'll start getting an appetite for these greater things. And in the beginning, come on, where are all you health buff people at? In the beginning, you have to force yourself. In the beginning, you have to make yourself do it. It doesn't taste good. The broccoli doesn't taste good. The kale doesn't taste good. But when you force yourself to do it, it start, you start getting an appetite. So I wanna challenge some of you guys, force yourself to pray. 
force yourself yeah. to fast force yourself to digest the word of god i don't care if you're like i have no desire to read i'm gonna force myself to read you don't pray when you fill it you pray till you fill it so i want to challenge some of you with that some of you are like one day i'm gonna get a platform one day i'm gonna want to pray one day god's gonna do this and you got to realize you have to make the first step you have to choose to do these things talk to us about this shane i know for you you're a busy guy um some of these disciplines keeping how do you keep the hunger how do you keep the passion when you're so busy you're out preaching you're pouring out how do you how do you keep that drive yeah i mean i think the biggest thing for me is like i i was in the world so i was trying to satisfy that hunger and i never could um, and you always think like the next thing's going to do it, the next thing. And Come so on. when you live that way for almost 10 years and then you encounter the Lord, that to me, that's like a no brainer. So I almost don't understand because ever since I met the Lord, I felt like I've gotten a little crazier every day for the last five and a half years. You know, like people are telling me, hey, slow down, man, you're going to burn Come out. On, you're going to I don't understand what that means. I'm reading the Bible. It says faith to faith, glory to glory, strength to strength. Like he's my sustainer. So is, if he's not going to burn out, then why am I going to burn Come out? Come on, bro. Say it. Burnout only happens because I start focusing somewhere else because the Bible says that your eye is the lamp of your body. And so if you're filled with darkness, your eye is just on the wrong thing. So if you're mm. burning out or you have no desire for the Lord, you ain't looking at him. Because if you're looking at God, your whole body is flooded with light. We try to, like, I've heard so many sermons, bro, that are like behavior modification and, and fruit issue. Some people don't have a fruit issue. They have a root issue. Like, they Wrong. have a bad tree. And they need something that's going to get in there and uproot that tree, tear down the strongholds, pull out all of these lies and this foundation they've been built on, and get them centered on Christ because... When you're living for the Lord, like you don't have to try. Come on. I mean, yeah, there's there's days where I don't want to wake up in the morning and read my Bible for however long. But I would say for the most part, I do. Like I do want to get with the Lord because I remember what he's done for me. He did what I couldn't do myself. I've seen like him cast demons out of people using me. I've seen people healed. How could I then go back to the world? Like, what, what do I have to go back to? Come on. How could I not seek the one who's responsible for this healing and deliverance? You know, we also burn out when we think that we're the ones who are doing this stuff when we're simply laying the hands and praying the prayer, but it's God who's doing it. So as soon as I start to rely on Shane and my platform to get things done for me, I'm in a lot of trouble and I'm going to blow up. And some of some of you guys in the chat, even who've been praying for a platform, you probably are not ready for a platform. Come if on, you're bro. Praying for, Say it. Um, I, I wasn't asking God for a platform. I was just saying, God, I, I was like weeping because I wanted to reach people for the gospel, not be TikTok famous. Like, I don't even care about that. Come on. If they ban my account, I'm not going to cry. I'm just going to start another one because I want to reach people. But I know that everything I do, everything that people see, I'm not riding a high from the last miracle I saw. I'm riding a high because I got alone with God this morning when none of you guys were awake or even knew that I was doing it. And when I'm alone with God, he makes me the way that I am. And that's why I've gone through a lot of life. I had people try to murder me when I was a cop. My wife and I have gone through some serious demonic attacks that nobody knows about. And 
you can see like I don't wear what I've been through. I'm wearing what he's been through. Mm. And it's because I'm getting alone with him. That's why I believe that I'm just seeing the stuff I'm seeing. You know, we're like, man, I wish we could see the stuff that the disciples saw. Well, the disciples were fasting all the time. The disciples had given everything up. The disciples were sold out, willing to die and did die for the gospel. You can't say healing's not for today if you're not even praying for the sick, let alone getting after the word. And I mean, dude, I, I could to- totally just go off on this because Come on. It's, the, it's the Monday morning armchair quarterbacks that are out here saying, you know, demons, demons aren't real. You certainly can't cast them out. They don't even pray for the sick. They barely read their Bible in the church they go to is a 20 minute message about like how to steward your finances well. And it's like, that's all well and good. But like, dude, you you need to be made a brand new creation. Once you're a brand new creation and you are grafted in and you are plugged into the vine, which is Jesus Christ, like every you don't have to try to be a Christian. Come on. You just are. And when Satan squeezes you. Christ comes out like <laughs> this. This is like this should be like Christianity 101. You know what I mean? I know because for 25 years I lived in the world and bit my lip to be religious. Mm. Now I'm a Christian and sometimes I'm warring against temptation and, and pride and all this other stuff. It's different. My heart is for God. And sometimes I bump into sin. Whereas when I lived in the world, sometimes I'd bump into religion. So it's mm. like there, I, there's two, I'm talking about two different people right now. And I don't think the body at large understands that. I think that we've made it normal, um, the Christian life that we see now, which is just wake up and try not to sin. And, hey, you know, one day we're all going to be with him. And I just wish Jesus would come back already because it's getting dark in here. Yeah, so good, dude. And I think even what you're saying, like depression, anxiety, fear, all these things now are normal. And I, I tell people all the time, like, it's not normal. And no. so the reason why we say it is, is one, because as leaders and pastors are going through it. So they're like, it's, if I'm going through it, everyone's going through it. But then two is we don't want to help people. We don't want to deliver people. We don't want to get people free. And so now we say depression's normal. Hearing voices is normal. Anxiety's normal. Instead of deliverance is normal. Like I want right. to be in a place where it's like deliverance is normal. You know, the church I'm a part of, it's absolutely normal to hear people every Sunday morning getting delivered, demons screaming out of people, people getting healed, people getting baptized. Like it's not an abnormal. No one turns and goes like, oh wow, there's a deliverance happening because it's normal Christianity. And we've made, instead of making deliverance normal, miracles normal, we've made anxiety normal. We've made depression normal. We've made, su- yes. oh, you're thinking of suicide? Oh brother, it's normal. We're all going through it. Just pray the sinner's prayer again. And we just over yep. and over redo the same things, expecting different results. When God is saying, no, what's normal is he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. That God wants to deliver you. And I'm speaking to you tonight, Chad. Amen. There's 3,000 of you. I'm I'm talking to every single one of you that there is going to be a new normal and guess what it's called waking up with peace waking up with joy not being angry people like you must struggle with anger i don't i'm not being arrogant i'm not being proud like i don't struggle with depression i don't struggle with anger i don't struggle with anxiety and here's the thing bro i wish a pastor told me this when i was growing up in church and i thought everybody struggled everybody and instead of saying the struggle's normal saying freedom's normal like let's change 
the, the script. Let's change the verbiage. Let's turn the tables in the temple and say like, no, it's normal to be free. Like, I, I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I'm not allowed to be in a bad mood. I'm a Christian. I have the same spirit that right. raised Christ. It's no longer I that live. It's Christ living in me. And so if we're going through depression, I'm not saying you're going to hell and you're wrong. I'm just saying, don't normalize it. If you're going no. through anxiety, don't normalize it. Get free. If you're going through you sickness, don't normalize it. Get healed. Can you imagine like Jesus? You know, I've heard this like demonstration, but it's like, can you imagine if Jesus was just like moping around and just like, Peter, you know, you guys don't get it. Uh, you know, I, I heal the sick and I've raised the dead and, and they're calling me demons, man. Like you guys just pray for me, man. I, I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing anymore. I just, I need prayer. I need, I need some help. Come on. Like Jesus never had an identity crisis because of how he was treated because mm. he knew he was in in God and he knew why he was on the earth and he never lost sight of that. And he never lost sight of who the disciples were, even knowing that they were all going to forsake him in his greatest hour of need. And so it's like, if it looks weird coming out of Jesus's mouth or on his life, it should look just as weird in ours because we're Christians. We're like Christ. We're being made into the same image. So it's mm. like, it, it should be abnormal for us to be acting the way we're acting. And, and I'm with you, bro. If someone had told me that, like, dude, the way you're living, that is not Come Jesus. On. Like, Thank God that girl did. Thank God that girl uh -huh. did, it, bro. It changed my life, man. I always say, I wish somebody told me I was going to hell instead of telling me Jesus loved me. Because they said, Jesus loves you. And I was like, I love me. I didn't care that Jesus loved me. I didn't. I had no I had no thought that my sin had consequences. And someone in the chat said, so Christians can't have emotions? Guys, you know we're not talking about being stressed out because you have an exam or having anxiety because you have to preach in front of a thousand people. We're talking about living in the bondage of anxiety, the bondage of stress, having suicidal thoughts. These are the things that Christ freed us from. And here's the thing. If we yeah. normalize normalize them and if we make it for example normal to not be hungry for god normal to not be passionate for god that becomes the the even level playing field the nominal christian that becomes the rule measuring stick then now everybody goes through that and everybody's normal and you never seek freedom because that's what we're all going through like we're guys it's normal let me just and i know i'm making the chat mad i love it i love making them mad but let me just make you guys more mad like it's normal to lust like I, not for me, I, I don't lust, I don't desire. Christ took every desire I have to go on a pornographic website. He removed it from me. And for 10 years, I've not desired. I'm not, bro, like I'm not on the computer at night. Like I'm just really struggling not to get on the website. Like, no, I don't, I don't fight it. Cause the Lord delivered me from Amen. a spirit of lust. It came out of my mouth. I got freed and I'm standing here 10 years later. I drank almost every day. Guess what? 10 years later, zero desire for alcohol. Why? Because the Lord has freed me. I'm a new creature and this is what's available. I know we're talking about hunger for God. It doesn't matter. This is what we're talking about right now. This is what's available yeah. for you guys. So listen, don't get mad. Don't get mad that I'm telling you, you could be free. And, and then, and then here's the thing. I'm on a roll. Let me just say this. Some of you love your bondage. That's why you're defending it. You love it. You love being in bondage and thinking That's it's normal. Good. You love being like, I'm just angry. It's how I am. I've always been this way. Um, I'm just stressed out all the time. It's my personality. Well, guess what? You can die and be resurrected in Christ and be a new person. Guys, my personality is to not preach. My personality is to be a liar. My personality is to hide from people. I don't want a following. My personality is to be bitter. My personality is to watch pornography, but I died and Christ was made alive. Paul said, it's no longer I that live. Like,
Guys, right. you don't need Greek for that. There's no longer Isaiah. It's Christ now living in me and through me. So don't get angry. Don't be like Gideon um, when Gideon tore down the idols and the people came to his dad and said, Gideon tore our idols down. And the dad said, why are you defending them? If they're real, let the idols defend themselves. Stop defending idols. Stop defending wow. drinking and pornography and lust. Like if your idols are so powerful, let them fight for themselves. But for you that are angry in the chat because you're like, I'm just stressed and you know god god wants me to be this way you haven't read the new testament you haven't read your bible god wants you to live an abundant life he wants you to live in joy peace show me the show me where okay let's do this in the bible the fruit of the spirit is stress anxiety suicide fear anger bitterness jealousy in my bible that's the works of the flesh witchcraft idolatry orgies fornication like these are in the bible these are works of the flesh sexual immorality perversion lying yet we've made those the normal christian things like someone told me last night oh my pastor watches the squid game what's wrong with it like this shows about murder and killing but these are now normal like this is normal when i believe and i know the scripture says that's not the portion that's not normal tonight god i know we're just it doesn't matter we're going where we want to go but i believe tonight god wants to free some of you from this toxic mindsets and this wrong thinking you're a new creature now that's right yeah i mean the bible says man we've been set free from sin and what i always heard is you're always going to sin you're always going to yep. sin and so that makes you think well if i'm always going to sin then i mean you know it, it's just going to happen no matter what and you create this ceiling of where like righteousness is kind of out the window Come and on. now i'm back in the old testament just waiting for the day of atonement again and it's like, dude, we need to tell people like, listen, Romans 6, you've been set free from sin. You never have to willfully step into sin again. Roman, and 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And every time you're tempted, there's going to be a way out Come on. if you lean on the Lord. So it's like you're set free from sin. And when you're tempted, you have a way out. The Bible says when you're tempted and if you sin. I write these things to you so that you do not sin. Come on. You know, like if you follow these teachings, you will never stumble. So either they were lying and we have a, a twisted father who's going to try to tell us to do something that there's no power to do, or we truly can be free and you can't be free of your own flesh. Like mm. there's some of you that have tried and tried and tried and you've tried to, you know, do whatever in your own flesh to break free from your addiction or your ways of thinking. You need to be delivered. Maybe you need to fast. Like you need to do something you've never done before yeah. spiritually because in the flesh, you're not going to deliver yourself. Um, but you have to be You have to be craving it. Like you have to be – the people who get delivered are the people who are desperate. Yep. Like yep. I had someone fly from um, Houston to New York to come to the meeting and they got delivered in like two minutes like full on manifestation, all of it, because they were so hungry and desperate for freedom. And so when we're talking about spiritual hunger. Like if you're hungering for the things of the world, then that just shows you like, dude, you, you're, you're living in the wrong body. You're Come trying on. to feed your flesh. I need to feed my spirit and I don't care how I feel. And I want to just add on to something that you said. Isaiah is not saying that like, Emo we don't have emotions anymore. Like emotions are great, but they're a horrible navigator. Like you don't mm. live by your emotions. So have I ever been tempted to like be depressed or have I ever had depression try to come upon me since I've been born again? 
yeah, hundred percent. And I put that thing off and I speak truth in Jesus name. And I say, God, I thank you that I'm not alive today to have a perfect day. I'm not alive today to like, you know, have everything go my way. I'm alive to shine for you, man. Lord, I have this thing just coming against me where my body, my emotions, they just want to feel like down and grayed out. But Lord, I'm thankful you set me free from that. Today I live by the spirit. I'm going to burn for you no matter what my emotions are. And so what Isaiah is saying is like, listen, we literally put off the flesh and its deeds and all of that stuff. When the enemy speaks, we tell him to shut up. And now I go forward in faith and living in faith is when you don't feel it. You're still declaring truth and you don't let the way that you're feeling dictate how you live. You let how he lived dictate how you live. So it has nothing to do. I don't live by my emotions or I'd be a wreck right now. I live by truth. And you can't know the truth if you're not waking up and getting in your word. If you're just trying to apply the last best sermon that you heard when you're in a moment of trial, it's going to be too late for you. Like, we need to be hungry for the word. It's like, I I heard this analogy, I think, and I'll pass it back to you. When you're sick, you don't want to eat. But your mom makes you eat because that's the only way you're going to get fed so that you can fight the sickness. So some people here are like, well, I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. You're sick. You need to make yourself eat. Like you were saying, we need discipline. It's not religious. Like it's okay to say, I'm going to read the Bible an hour a day, whether I want to or not. That's not religious. That's devotion. Um, Man, some people are sick and they need to be fed against their will almost, you know, so that they can start to recover from this sickness and then thrive. If my mom had let me stay in the bed and never brought me Gatorade, never fed me when I was a kid, how, how long would I have been dealing with that sickness or it could have got worse? She knew, man, hey, Shane, I don't really care if you don't want it. You're going to eat this chicken noodle soup. You're going to drink this Gatorade because it's going to help you get better. We need, sometimes we need to recognize if I'm not hungry, I need to eat anyways. So good. And I think that that's the true essence of many people, why they've lost their spiritual hunger. I mean, if you look at the American church, is that the first thing you'd say is like, they're hungry. I've been to over 500 churches and I could tell you very, I could, I'll tell you how few, I could probably name four of them where I walked in was like, wow, this church is hungry. Spiritual hunger does not characterize the church at large or believers at large because there is a sickness called compromise. There is a sickness mm-hmm. called normalcy. And I'm, I'm going to prove it. Look at how angry some people are in the chat tonight. When we're, t- we're we've, this is what we've told you tonight. You can be free. God can deliver you. You can live a sin-free life and the power of God. You don't have to live in toxic emotions. And you're mad about that. You're like, don't tell me I can live free. Don't tell me that I won't always be this way. It's like, we want to be told that how we're living is normal. But I want to tell you guys, compromise is a sickness. Normalcy is a sickness. The American dream is a sickness that robs you of spiritual hunger. So let's, let's go over just a couple signs here that I have down that you've lost your spiritual hunger. If you're taking notes, number one, other things always take priority over God. Friend, this is the number one sign you've lost your spiritual hunger. Work is a priority. School is a priority. TV is a priority. Video games, okay, and I'm talking about the golden calf now, is a priority. Relationships are a priority. Music, 
projects, hobbies. It's, it's like everything else, bro, is the most important thing in our life. And everything else gets the best of us and God gets the rest of us. We're just like, mm. here you go, Lord. Here's the leftovers. Like I've done my movie, I've done my music. And then, and guys, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you because I'm preaching myself tonight. And at the end of the night, we lay in bed. We're like, oh, hey God. Um, yeah, would you do me a huge favor? Make sure nobody breaks in my house tonight and protect my family and like help me. And we give them like 10 minutes before bed of the of wow. the very end of us, right? Like we're tired, we've had a long day and it's like, oh God, I totally forgot about you. And we don't live in this ever presence, all knowing, all encompassing God in us, God with us, God on us, God speaking through us, Romans 12, giving our bodies to God. God, you can have my hands today. You can have my feet today. I'll challenge you in the chat. If you every single day get out of bed in Romans 12, put your body on the altar of living sacrifice and say, God, you can have my body. I'm talking about, bro, like my mouth, my eyes, my ears, my hands. Yes. Like I'm giving my body on the altar of living sacrifice every day. It will change everything. But one of the ways you know you've lost your spiritual hunger and you can interrupt me at any time is when other things take priority. When it's like, oh, I can't go to the prayer meeting because I got to work overtime. Oh, I can't do this. Or like, how dare you ask me to pray for an hour or read an hour a day, yet you work 10 hours a day. Like right. you commute an hour, you work 10 and you commute an hour back home. And then you're, you, you're angry at us because we're asking you to pray for an hour a day, yet you'll, you'll pray to mammon for 12 hours a day. And you have the house you can't afford, the car you can't afford, the this you can't afford. How about this? Downsize so that you can upsize in the spirit. How about selling the $50,000 car, buying a 15? I'm not, I'm not trying to go Dave Ramsey here, by the way, okay? That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> but how about getting rid of some stuff so you can have stuff eternally, eternal Come reward. On. I'm telling you, man, we're, we're missing the mark. We're living these busy lives 10 hours a day to feed this animal called the American dream. When God is saying downsize, I'm, I'm preaching prophetically to some of you. I'm reading the chat, by the way, while I preach, but downsize so that you can upsize in the spirit so that you can Amen. be at the prayer meeting. So you could be with your family on Sunday morning at church. So you could be involved. So you have time to go evangelize. You have time to pray for people on Instagram or pray for people on TikTok or do whatever it is you do, but it's not going to happen if everything else Else has priority over God in your life it just we have to make God a priority in our life yeah and I'll speak quickly to the American dream um that that's not the victory like the Christian victory is not the house and the cars and the Come ministry on. and the platform and everyone knowing your name when you're dead the victory is when the enemy comes at you and you pull your sword out and you cut his hands off Come on. and you go to bed with blood on your sword every night because the enemy didn't rob you of your faith. Because in Job, he wasn't after his money, his possessions, his family, his body. The devil was not after that. He told God, I'll take everything he has and Job will curse you to your face. And I fear for most of the church that that is the truth today, that we only love God for what he can do for us. And as soon as the devil touches us, we're white knuckling it towards the Lord. And we're saying, why weren't you there? Why didn't you help me? I go to church every week. I, you know, I, I stood up to the atheist on my Facebook chat. Like, don't I bear your name? And it's like, dude, the enemy is testing our faith. So if this whole life is about faith, then it ain't about the American dream anymore. It's waking up every day and saying, Lord, I'm not alive for myself on. because I know one day I'm going to stand before you and none of that stuff's going to matter. So how do you want to use me today? Because guys, you get one life. Come on, say it. Like you get one 
little life. You're here. It's a wisp. It's a vapor. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. What are you doing? Like what hit my heart the most when I gave my life to Jesus is I said, Lord, for 25 years, I never asked you anything about my life. I said, God, I want this. I want this. I want this. In Jesus name, will you please make it happen? That was my life. And if you don't have Jesus, but you have everything else, you're not just missing a piece of the puzzle. You Come have on. nothing. Because Colossians 3 says, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then we'll appear with him in glory. Well, is Christ your life or is he just someone you confess? Mm. Because if you truly believe in God, to believe means to lean your full weight upon. So when you sit down in your car, you don't test the floor to make sure the seat's not going to fly out on you on the highway. You believe that that thing's going to hold you up. Well, to believe in God means, okay, Lord, I take this word by faith, and it says to consider myself dead and to be a living sacrifice for you. So that means today I wake up and I'm asking you, God, do you like my job? Do you mm -hmm. like the person I'm dating? You know, if you're married, hey, you're, you're there. But you're like, do you like the person I'm dating? Do you like the car that I drive? Do you like my friends? Do you like the music wow. I listen to? God, speak to me about my life and convict me. I'll change anything you tell me to change because I have to know you more. I have to be like you. And I, I, I just worry, man, that a lot of people don't even know they can do something like that. And we're wow. reduced to a Cain and Abel situation where we have some people bringing God their first fruits. They're giving him the best of their life and they're getting promoted in the faith. And then we have angry people in the chat who are bringing God the leftovers and they're the ones who are going to take us out and kill us in the field because they're angry at our offering. And it's like, guys, we don't have to fight over the first fruits. You have your own first fruits and you've been invited to give them to the Lord as well. Like, why would you not? Like, what are we, what are we all doing here if we're not giving it all to God? We might as well just pack this thing up because we're on, wasting bro. our time. So, so good. Everything you're saying is so right on. I want to go into um, number two of signs you've lost your spiritual hunger as you no longer and listen to me chat and i hope you feel the fear of the lord the way i do and that god gives me these things is you no longer crave the presence of god or the word of god so when you've lost your desire to pray to read again we're not talking about like we said earlier where there's times you have to force i'm talking about you have no desire no intrinsic desire like i desire his presence i can't live a day without his presence i can't live a day a moment without the presence and the power of god the night i got saved january 12 2011 i decided i never wanted to live my life without his presence and i would do anything he asked me to do so i didn't lose his presence and that's that true spiritual hunger but when you stop craving the presence of god when you stop craving the word of god that's how you know a sign of losing your spiritual hunger the next sign is you trust in your abilities more than you trust in god when you get full of yourself you there's no room for god's presence you're a know-it-all and this is what religion does it knows everything demons aren't real christians can't be delivered miracles aren't for today that know-it-all mentality is a sign that you have no spiritual hunger because the spiritually hungry say lord i don't know anything like when i go to god i never go to god saying like i know this i know that what could you add on to all that i know bro i go to god bankrupt like i have nothing to offer you i'm i have i don't know anything teach me lord and then when the lord tells me something that is contrary to what i believe guess what he's always right when i read the bible and i don't agree with it i always come to this conclusion shane i'm wrong and yep. the bible's right i don't say oh wait a minute 
The Bible must be wrong because Christians can't have demons. The Bible must be wrong because healing isn't for today. The Bible must be wrong because there's no way. The Bible, let me give you an example, okay? Just to make the chat mad one more time because they're too happy right now. The Bible says, <laughs> if you can control your tongue, you can be perfect. Instead of saying, oh no, there's no way to be perfect. I'm gonna believe the Bible. And I'm gonna believe that if I can learn to control my tongue, I can live a perfect, righteous life. So these are the things we have to wrestle with. I don't say, well, I had a family member that passed away that was not saved, you know, three weeks ago. And I know that they're in hell, but the Bible says that they're in hell and I don't want to believe they're there. So now I don't believe in hell anymore because I have a family member that went there according to the Bible. And so we don't change the Bible to match our preferences of what we want to believe. The Bible's right. right. We're wrong. So we have to stop being full of ourselves, trusting in our own abilities. Like even when I get to pre- up to preach, every time, this has never failed me, I'm about to preach and it's been a lot of times, I say, I don't know how to preach. I don't know what I'm doing. Lord, fill my mouth, use my lips as a trumpet, use my tongue as a sword. Like I need your anointing because my gifting and my ability to preach the gospel is not gonna carry me and is not gonna bring the life that needs to be brought. I need you to fill my mouth. I need you to speak okay. through me. When I go live, I'm like, I have no clue what I'm doing, bro. Like, I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to read. I don't know how to do anything. When you keep that that contrite, that broken, humble spirit where it's like, hey, if I need to get delivered, deliver me on the live stream. You know what I'm saying? Like, you keep that humility. Pride can't find a crack to squeeze in through. Like, pride is just like, where do I even go? This dude is like, deliver me on live stream. This guy is just, knows he's right. nothing, knows he's nobody. And it's it tries so hard to grip you, but it can't. But when you start trusting, and you talked about this earlier, bro, like you start trusting abilities more than God, that's how that's how you know you're, you've lost spiritual hunger because pride will yes. quench and chop off that spiritual hunger that God, and you can jump in at any moment here, but pride will come and, and take away that hunger from us and, and quench the hunger that God wants to give us. Oh, 100%. And you know, I, I remember um, the first deliverance I was ever doing, I was actually with a friend, I was at their house and I like they were having a bad time. So I said, Hey, let me throw on some worship and we'll pray. And they were like, I hate that song. And I'm like, Oh, that was kind of weird. And I went to like lay my hand on their shoulder to pray and they kind of manifested. And I'm like, that felt weird. And the Lord's like, that's a demon. Like, you know, he's walking me through this. I'm like five Mm -hmm. months born again. But all of this to say, when I started praying, cause I'm just re I'm just praying what I read that Jesus and the disciples did. This person looks at me and they said, you have no idea what you're doing. You have no authority. You don't know what you're saying. And it was the demon speaking through them, obviously. And I could have gone two ways. I could have tried to argue with the demon and got prideful. Or I could have listened to the Lord, which I did. Thank God. And I said, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing. But I know that there's power in the name of Jesus and you have to obey. And it's like taking that humble place even in a deliverance, like, dude, we're, we're not people that have arrived. Like, we don't have it all figured out. Just because we have a platform and, and we're preaching and we're doing all these things, like Isaiah and I, we're not like experts in demons or deliverance. Come on. We literally rely on God every time we're preaching or praying for someone as much as we did in our worst moment in our life, as much as we did in our best moment in our life. Like, dude, the way to not get spiritually hungry is to never think that you can make it when things are going good without mm. God. So it's like that place that you're talking about, whether I'm in a spiritual war or I'm on the mountaintop, 
I recognize my need for God. And I know that my spirit is hungry, whether my flesh is or not. So it's like that knowing. And man, if we can walk in that place of humility, of, of not ever arriving, of not ever justifying or qualifying ourselves, we're, we're going to be able to walk this thing out. So good. Love it, bro. Um, the next sign I want to go over that you've lost your spiritual hunger is you get tired or frustrated easy. Now, let me explain this. When you lose your spiritual oh hunger for God, you attempt to carry what Jesus wants to carry. When you have no spiritual hunger, remember, Jesus said those that thirst for righteousness shall be filled. So you have to have a hunger and a thirst. And when you start carrying all the burdens God wants to carry, you're going to always be tired. You're going to always be frustrated. So if you're finding yourself always physically tired after 10 hours of sleep or frustrated easily, stop thinking everybody else is the problem and realize you've probably <laughs> lost your spiritual hunger. Okay, next one is, and this is the last one I want to give a sign you've lost your spiritual hunger. And then we're going to give quickly how to get your spiritual hunger is you forgot how it feels to seek God and to be in his presence. You've forgotten. In other words, revival is a distant memory, not a reality. So it's like this. Let me give you an example how this works. You're always speaking about the past. I remember mm -hmm. when God did this. I remember when I was your age. I remember I used to be. How many times have you heard this, bro? I used to be on fire like you. I used to be passionate like you. And people come to me all the time in their 50s, 60s. They'll say that. My response is always like, what about today? Like, why not today? Right. And when you lose your spiritual hunger, you no longer remember the joy of your salvation. You no longer remember those moments in the power of God, those moments in the presence of God. And it's like revival, the move of God, the presence of God is just this fleeting memory. And every day it's like getting farther and farther away. And you feel like, and tonight we're not just going to leave you out of downer here because we're going to give you ways to get it back. But you feel like you're always trying to get back to something that you can never reach or attain. And there's just too big of a gap. But I want to tell you tonight that it doesn't matter if it's been a year since you've been in his presence, if it's been 10 years, if it's been 30 years, you are as close to God right now. You're one, one, one prayer away, one sign of humility away from getting back to where you were. It's not going to be a 30 year journey or a 10 year journey, Amen. but if you humble yourself, you can get right back where you used to be in God. If you humble yourself tonight as we pray, you can get right back to where you need to be, where you want to be, where you were. You just need to have a memory. And this is why Jesus, or this is why God would always say, anytime they would conquer land, anytime he would bring them out of Egypt, anytime they would come through the Red Sea, he would say, build a monument, build a monument, build a statue, build a monument. It's like, well, God, why do you keep telling me to build monuments? Because God knows how easy you forget what he's done. So tonight, some of you need a memory. You need to remember when God brought you out. You need to remember when God delivered you. You need to remember when God freed you so that you'll remember what his presence was like. I don't ever want to forget about what his presence was like. It's what drives me. It's what's motivating me. It's what the devil wants to rob you of. And the devil always Remind you of your past and the good things, but never the bad things. Remember what it was like when you used to be this and you used to be that. And he'll try to make <clears> you forget what God has done. But tonight, in Jesus' name, God is reminding you. And some of you are saying in the Thank chat, you're Lord. crying. It's because the Lord is reminding you of his goodness. He's reminding you of that, that first touch you had in 2010 and 2005 and 2015. And that, that genuine hunger you had, the Lord's going to remind you tonight in Jesus' name. 
Let me Thank give you, you guys Lord. a couple ways. Again, you can interrupt me at any time, and we're gonna we're almost done here, guys. We're gonna pray for you. I know a lot of you are waiting for prayer, but a couple ways. I'll give you five ways to stay spiritually hungry, and this is very simple, very practical. Before we close tonight, number one is you have to thirst for righteousness. Jesus said, "Those who hunger or thirst and thirst for righteousness will be filled." So, what does it mean to thirst for righteousness? It means you need to have a desire to live a righteous life. You need to have a desire to live a holy life. You need to remove the compromise. Listen. If you don't desire to have a righteous life or to live a righteous life, and if you're not intentional with living a righteous life, you'll never be spiritually hungry. So you can't just be like, oh, I'm just going to watch what I want, do what I want, listen to what I want, drink what I want, do who I want, where I want, what I want. No, you can't be that way. You have to be on the path of holiness be on the path of righteousness. Now, of course, we know none of us are righteous before God. It's Christ that gives us righteousness, but there is an element to living a holy life because the Bible doesn't say you're automatically holy. It says, be holy because I That's am right. holy. It doesn't say you are holy because I'm holy. It says, be holy. So there's this desire for holiness and righteousness that you need to have. And let me just warn you guys, your friends are not going to understand your pastor's not going to understand your other Christian people, but you have to know this is the path God's called me to take. This is the path God's called me to walk. And if you're trying to compare your life to the famous worship leaders of America, which I won't mention names, and you're like, well, they watch this. Why can't I? It's never going to match. It's never going to make sense because you're on the path of holiness. They're not like I was talking to a friend about this famous um, worship leader that was posting a bunch of compromise stuff. Right. And I'm like, I was so frustrated by it, bro. I was like, I can't understand why he do this. He has this big following. And he said, like, and this is what he told me. He said, he's obviously not on the path of consecration. And the Lord reminded me right there, Isaiah, I've called you to walk this path. Don't be shocked when other people aren't on the path. So you have to choose the path of holiness. You have to choose the path of no idols, no compromise. And it's an intentional path. I don't know if you want to jump in there. It's an intentional path that you have to walk to live righteous. Again, we're righteous because of Christ. Like I'm not saying you have to earn righteousness, but you do have to choose the path of holiness to to walk in that righteousness God has given us. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, That stuff just grieves me, man. I just see it from high levels and I'm like, what are you doing? You know, it's like when I became a Christian, I thought, oh, this makes sense. My eyes have been open. How can I go back? And then you realize, well, not a lot of people are like this and they actually will hate you because you're like this. And uh, you start to really understand, you know, what Jesus said. He's like, man, you're going to be hated. You're going to be all this stuff, but don't worry about any of that. I've already like, I've already won the world. So you guys are good. And I think people don't realize He was like, they're going to throw you out of the synagogue. People think like, oh, it's going to be the world. It's like, guys, the ones that hate deliverance is not the world. It's the church. It's the religious people that want to keep God in their box. Um, The world loves deliverance. Like everyone I've ever talked to is like, I minister to people or witness to unbelievers and I show them deliverance videos. They're like, dude, this is so cool. Like this is real, but it's the religious people that get mad at it. Okay, guys, we're almost done here. And then I'm going to have Shane pray over everybody. Number two, and these are just quick ways to stay spiritually hungry because I don't want to leave you with like all the reasons why you're not spiritually hungry number two is eating the word of god daily okay you need to eat the word it needs i talked about this a couple weeks ago you need to let it get inside of you you need to let it change you you need to let it convict you rebuke you read the bible until something jumps out off the page that's what i do i'll read whether it's 30 minutes an hour two hours I read until God speaks. I read until it jumps off and changes me. So let the word of God get in you. Number three, this is huge, bro. No one's going to tell you guys this. Stay away from boredom. 
Boredom reduces spiritual hunger. So you need to stay busy. Now, it doesn't always have to be doing things like, oh, I got to always be busy, busy doing stuff for God. Just get involved. Get involved with church. Get involved with people. Get involved in the prayer meetings. Get on the deliverance map. Start a ministry. Make a TikTok. Make an Instagram to preach on. Like, do something to get involved. Doing something is always better than doing nothing. The devil loves, come on, all of you that are struggling right now, you know this, he loves boredom. Idle hands are the devil's playground. So maybe you need to stop sitting around, being bored, letting your phone babysit your brain. Every time you're bored, you get on your phone. It's you need. It's because you need something to babysit your brain. Stop letting things babysit your brain and let the word of God change you. Take your kid out. This is going to sound crazy, Shane. They're going to all go crazy here. Take your kid out for a walk. Take them oh, to the no. park. Take the iPad out of their hand. Take them to the park. Enjoy life. Go in the backyard. Go mow the lawn. Go do something, but don't be bored. If you find yourself bored, fill it with something. Something good. Now, don't just fill your style like, oh, I'm bored. I'm going to watch Netflix eight hours, but do something. Start a, a good, healthy hobby. Go pressure wash your driveway. Like, do something. I'm a guy, right. so those are the things that I'm thinking about. But do something that's going to fill your time because if you're just, look, guys, look, I promise you, if you're idle, sitting around, you're going to get tempted to do something dumb. You're going to get tempted to watch pornography. Ask any guy or girl that's struggling with pornography. Every single one of them will always tell you it's when I'm bored. It's when I'm bored. It's when I'm bored. So don't be bored. There's plenty to do for the kingdom of God. There's plenty of things to do to stay busy. There's tons of Christian content. Watch preaching, watch a video. I have 300 hours this year of content. Okay, go watch a video. Um, but don't be bored. Cause I know this boredom is, is a huge thing you need to stay away from. If you want to stay spiritually hungry, stay away from boredom. Okay. That's good. This is, this is a big one, bro. You could probably talk about this better than me because I, I got to practice this more than I preach this. Do your best to sleep, eat healthy, and live healthy. Listen, guys, if you want to stay spiritually hungry, I promise you staying up till three in the morning and sleeping until noon is going to kill your spiritual hunger. If you want to stay spiritually hungry, you need to get some sleep. You need to do your best. Again, I'm not good at this is eating because I only eat once a day. Eat healthy. A lot come of people on, come to me. They're like, bro, I think I have a demon. I'm like, okay, what's going on with you? They're like, well, I'm always tired. I'm I'm in bad moods. I'm angry. And I'm like, okay, what, what, what do you do? You sleep? I was like, oh, no, I don't sleep. I drink Red Bull and Rockstar all day. I don't eat. I don't sleep. Listen, guys, this is me speaking. If I'm hungry on an empty stomach and I drink a Rockstar energy drink, I will get in a bad mood. That's me personally. It puts me in a bad mood if I drink one on an empty stomach or caffeine. That's not a demon. Okay, I don't need to get a demon cast out of me. I need to get a better diet. So I've come to times where I'm like, I don't know why I'm in a fog. Like I'll literally feel that right in the day. Like I don't, I'm lazy. I don't want to stream. I don't want to preach. I don't want to prepare. And I'm like, Lord, deliver me. And the Lord's like, uh, how about you go eat? You haven't eaten in like 25 hours. It's not because you need to um, get delivered. It's because you're not eating and you're not sleeping right. And you're up late and you're sleeping in. So these are things that you need to adjust. Some of the things are not demons y'all, but if you want to stay spiritually hungry, you need to also take care of your temple it's your body take care of your That's body good. this is not some dieting exercise stream but it is practical ways to um keep your spiritual hunger okay last one i want to say and then i'm gonna have you pray for everybody number five of staying spiritually hungry is respond to the holy spirit when he urges you to do things okay when the holy spirit urges you to get up and pray at three in the morning, to read your Bible, to pray for the person at Walmart, to do anything, anything, to prophesy to someone, to cast, do what he tells you to do. 
It's like when Jesus, when Mary told the servants, when Jesus said, I'm not making wine, and Mary said to the servants, do whatever he says. This is how you have to live your life. Do whatever God says, because if you don't do whatever God says, you'll lose your spiritual hunger. So we need to be obedient to the voice of God, the word of God, and we need to act. And sometimes we need to act without thinking, because the longer you think about what God is saying to do, the more you're going to talk yourself out of it. So you need to do what God tells you to do. Okay, with that being said, those are the five ways and the five ways to know that you are um, losing your spiritual hunger, five ways to get your spiritual hunger. Bro, you, if you have any closing remarks, and then also I'd love for you to pray over the chat. Let's pray for them to encounter God. Let's pray for them to get that spiritual hunger. I believe tonight that God's gonna release supernatural hunger over the people, and God's gonna do something special. So feel feel free, bro, just to um, closing remarks and then or just prayer, and let's just pray for the people tonight. Yeah, I had a quick like two-minute testimony yeah, yeah. if that's Go a, for it. a spark Absolutely. hunger. So listen, if you're in the chat and you're like, man, I want to be used by God more. I don't even know how to be. Just type, that's me right now. And I'm going to share this testimony. If you're wanting to just be used by God in a way you've never been used before, listen to this. This is a true story. This girl travels all over preaching the story. She was at a prayer meeting one night and she said, I want to be used by God. And so here's what I'm going to do. If I think God is speaking to me, I'm going to do it no matter what it is. As long as it's not illegal, unethical, or immoral, I'm going to do it. I don't care what it is. And so she's driving home from this prayer meeting, and she gets to this red light, and she looks over and sees a 7-Eleven, and she gets a picture in her mind of her standing on her head in the 7-Eleven. And she's like, you know, you get a weird thought like that, and you kind of shake it off. You're like, that was weird. And it's followed up with a thought that says, I thought you told me you'd do anything. And she's like, oh my gosh, this is the Lord, you know? And she's like, oh, okay, fine. So she goes into the 7-Eleven. She stands on her head. And this employee comes out of the back room. She starts screaming her head off and crying. And the girl gets up and she's like, what? what? Like, what's going on, you know? And the employee says, I was just in the back room praying, God, if you're real, send someone in here to stand on their head or I'm going to kill myself after work. Wow. Not only did she get born again, she was going to kill herself. She saved her life. And it's from a simple moment of obedience. And so if you're, if you feel the Holy Spirit, even as I'm telling that story and you want that for your life, I'm going to pray for you, but just know that you will be prompted by God. Just as Isaiah said, when you're prompted, when you're urged by the Holy Spirit, just go, just do it. You could be saving a life by doing something that you think is foolish. And so I'm just going to pray right now. And I believe that there's a grace and impartation that all of the bold faith that we've had, just that's mostly through, man, we, we don't know what else we would do. We just pray that it's going to come over you right now. So let's just pray. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for every single person that is listening or watching this right now. And God, I thank you that you speak to us by your Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, that you didn't just send Jesus to die so we could go to heaven someday, but that you could put the same spirit that Jesus had in us, your very spirit, so that you could make us a new creation and so that you could teach us about who you are and who we are. And so, Lord, I lift up these friends right now in Jesus' name, and I ask, God, that you would speak to them in ways that they've never heard you. Lord, I pray even now that you would come and fill the room that they are in with your Holy Spirit, that you would baptize them in your presence, God, right now, that they would hear you and that they would be moved and compelled in their hearts 
to obey. Father, I thank you for the hunger for these friends right now that are listening, that are praying with me. And I ask you, God, to increase the, the longing. I ask you, God, to wound their hearts with a longing for you and for souls that would lead them to do the foolish things above saving their own skin or protecting their own name. Father, I ask you to come right now and fill every single one of us with more boldness, with more fire. I thank you, Lord, for every gift of the Spirit flowing from these friends simply as an overflow from their relationship with you. And God, above all, I pray for a supernatural desire for the secret place. God, I pray that they would do things that no one else is ever going to know about just with you, that they would have a relationship with you that nothing could take, that no demon in hell could touch, and that they would understand what it means to walk in peace and joy. And from that place, they would pour out into the world around them. Father, I just prophesy that this chat is going to be responsible for hundreds of thousands of lives changed for the gospel by their simple obedience, even from this prayer tonight. And so we just thank you, Lord, that we have this ability to come before you and to receive from you. And I pray that it would be done in Jesus' name. Amen. And thank you, Lord. Man, I feel the fire of God. I know there's tons of people in the chat uh, that are responding, that are feeling the presence of God. Thank you Jesus. so much, bro, for being on tonight. You thank are you, amazing. Man. Let us know, man, what's going on. Where could they find you? Where could they follow along with what you're doing? Uh, just a powerful ministry that God's given you. Yeah, right now I'm I'm just on Instagram and TikTok, Shane.winnings. And, and YouTube, uh, and YouTube. Pretty much it. And YouTube, yeah, that's Down right. Below, I'm just I linked it. So thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. This was great. Awesome, man. Well, guys, check out his stuff on Instagram, on TikTok. You'll be totally encouraged by it on YouTube. We're getting him on YouTube. We need lots of help on YouTube, so I'm going to keep convincing yes. him just to get on there. But guys, make sure you subscribe. I know there's still a couple thousand of you on YouTube right now. Make sure that you subscribe to his channel. Let's boost it up for the algorithm, and let's just get more people. The more you subscribe, the more you guys like the videos, the more we get the gospel out on these secular platforms, and we're able to preach the gospel. Thank you so much, bro, for being on, for going. I know we've been an hour and a half. I told you around an Love hour, it. but man, I appreciate you. And I hope that we get to link up in person someday soon. That'd be so awesome, man. Awesome, man. Well, God bless. We'll, we'll talk soon. I'm going to text everyone. you after the broadcast. All righty. All right, bro. Take care. God bless. Awesome. Awesome night tonight, guys. Wow. Incredible. I know we went, we went long, but who cares? Who are we apologizing to? It's our broadcast. God is definitely on the move. I don't want to quench the spirit when it's moving. We just keep going for it. We keep preaching. Um, guys, if you want to give, you can. I want to also bless him tonight as I do all of my guests. So pray about sowing into the ministry. Again, you guys already know. If you're not, don't know. Now you know. Oh, wait a minute. What's going on? There we go. Everything that we do is free. We're supported by the viewers. So those of you that give, we want to thank you. Those of you that monthly partner, we want to thank you. There's a QR code on screen. If you just put your camera up to that little code on your screen, it'll automatically take you to the website and you can choose one time or recurring monthly, however you want to do it. Make sure that if you do the QR code, you choose whether one time or not so you don't accidentally give monthly. But there's that, guys. If you become a monthly partner, you get 70 sermons, 25% off the merch store, all the past partners calls, all the future ones. So we do appreciate every single one of you guys. I know that God is going to move on you after this broadcast. It's just the beginning of you saying yes to God and God releasing that spiritual hunger. I pray that you're more spiritually hungry than you've ever been. 
In this portion, guys, people are going to give, and then we're going to read the, the donation. So you can give there on the website, isaiasaldivar.com slash partner. You can give on Venmo at Isaiah Saldivar. You can give paypal.me slash Isaiah Saldivar, or click the links in the comments and the description, or you can give on Zelle, Isaiah Luke. That's my middle name, by the way. No, I'm not a doctor. Saldivar at yahoo.com. Those are all the ways that you can give. I appreciate every single one of you. I'm reading your guys' comments. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to read the donations as they start coming through. Again, guys, help me bless him tonight. The Tuesday night donations on the offerings, I do give a good portion of these to the guest so that we bless them and we do bless them well. We bless them more than if they would travel and preach at a church. I always was like, you know, it's tra as a traveling preacher, that was my main income for many years. Um, let's just say it's very hard to live a normal life being a traveling preacher. So I've always wanted to, now that I'm in the position to bless others, always bless our guests the way that I guess I'd say I wasn't always blessed. Let's just say that. I'm trying to be nice about it when I traveled and preached. So I always want to go over and above to bless them. I also come out of pocket of my own finances to bless them as well. Not just the ministry, not just the giving here, but I bless them as well because I I want to practice what I preach too. So, all right, guys, amazing night. Just about, I think we were like 20 people shy of 3000 tonight breaking it. It's okay though. Awesome. Awesome night. Nonetheless, but I'm going to go ahead and start reading the donations. Thank you to everyone giving and sewing. We appreciate you guys. Click the thumbs up. If you haven't, yes, if you're on YouTube, Click the thumbs up, guys. Again, those of you giving, you enable us to keep doing these broadcasts. So thank you for that. But click the thumbs up. All right, 2,100 still on YouTube and or 2,200 on YouTube and 1,900 likes. So go ahead and hit the like. And if you're a grumpy giver or if you're like, oh, I can't believe that you'd ask us to give, then guess what? You don't have to give, okay? That's the beauty is you don't have to give. We're not charging. You can just be grumpy and you can hear the message. You can hear the preaching and then you can just click off at the end because you're mad about um, sowing and reaping and all that. It's fine. You can totally get off and still be here. We love you. If you have only like $10 in your bank, please don't give your last $10. Um, but those of you that can't afford to give, thank you. You you guys just are awesome. Thank you. Only three dislikes. Awesome. 2,000 likes and three dislikes. That's incredible. Thank you for all the mods posting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me stop the Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiasaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.